This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. We have uh, the crew here today, minus Dylan Sanders, uh, Bryce Coon alongside Glenn West, and Sonny Ship for what is sure to be probably the most viewed, listened-to topic regarding spring practice position previews as we get closer and closer to the beginning of spring practice for LSU. And it's the quarterback position. Uh, guys, uh, even, Glenn, when you report, I think it was my first day, that Brian Kelly in the postgame presser said, hey, you know, Jaden Daniels is going to be the guy. Like, that's that's the guy we're kind of rolling with. And tried to quell the uh, the concerns, the, the, the message board post about who should be the starting quarterback. Uh, this conversation is going to continue to leak into spring practice, especially uh, if Garrett Nussmeyer really shows out, and especially in that spring game that's going to be coming up at the end of that. Uh, Glenn, just kind of your thoughts here opening up. I mean, Coach Kelly said that. You know, back in January, but where do we sit now kind of getting into the month of March where is it 1A, 1B? Is it 1 and 2? How do you see it rolling into spring practice? Yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly 1 and 2 right now, but that doesn't mean that you can't get Nussmeyer some one reps. I mean, I think that's probably the most important thing the staff has got to juggle uh, this spring is uh, getting Nussmeyer some, some first-team reps and making sure that he's uh, you know, kept in the loop with this uh, quarterback competition. You know, you don't want him to to feel like he's on the outside looking in of this this room. So, um, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a juggling act, honestly, with this spring. And look, I mean, the one thing that you want to see from Jaden is the improved accuracy and um, the improved decision making, I guess, and being more aggressive uh, this spring. And I think that only happens when you get a lot of reps with those guys. And so I think him being the clear front runner for this job is certainly going to allow him to get in the, the room and get those extra reps with those receivers, with those weapons. And, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, um, come next week when they, when things really start getting kicked off here. Um, just, just a really a lot to, to kind of dive into, but, um, I, I do think that J- Daniels is going to be the, the guy uh, for most of this spring, but you also you, you got to be able to balance that with with getting Nussmeyer some really uh, clean looks and uh, making sure that he is uh, you know getting the uh, amount of attention and reps that he deserves because he really came on towards the end of that last season and uh, I think he proved that he's going to be the future of this room. You would hope that he's the future of this room, um, but you still got to get him involved somehow. Sonny, you and I talked about this, you know, when Walker Howard exited the picture uh, about a month and a half ago now. It feels like it's been forever. Um, 
but you being the more the, the recruiting guy in this sense and understanding how these things work, I mean, you know, Glenn pointed to it. it. It's one of those things where you have to make the guy feel involved. But as things have changed over the past three or four years, how can you ensure that instead of, you know, uh, not shooting yourself in the foot, but but having a guy that says, hey, I still feel like a part of the plans, is it as simple as just giving him – uh, some playing time or scheming things up specifically for him to come into a game? I mean, what do you think that this staff has to do to lay that foundation to ensure that he's a part of the future? Well, you know, I think what we something that we have to remember is that they've already been through this once. When they were here last spring and the first spring under under Kelly, they were juggling four. You know, they were they were they were trying to get all four of the quarterbacks, you know, keep them involved. Miles Brennan, Jaden Daniels, Garrett Nussmeyer, Walker Howard, not make any of them feel left out. And, um, you know, they did a uh, they did a decent job of it, um, you know, cons- with all things considering. I mean, I think it's extremely difficult to do, you know, to do what they set out to do last year. Um, and it, I think it's going to be a lot easier now when you only have three quarterbacks to have to try to do that with. Ricky Collins, now he comes in to where you've got a proven starter. You've got a proven backup. So I think when he comes in this spring, that is, he's not in the mindset of that he needs to have equal reps, that he needs to have – that now it needs to be a third split down the line. You know, he should be more of the, more of the, more of the lines of thinking that at best, you know, you get a 40-40-20 split. And you'd be happy about that. You know, you should still be at Woodlawn right now. So, you know, I think the juggling act that Glenn alluded to, uh, there's no question that it's something that they have to do. They have to, you know, they have to keep Garrett Nussmeyer involved. And, and you also have to think that they're going to do that because I don't think that what you saw in the Citrus Bowl, uh, two, two series for Daniels, one series for Nussmeyer, two for Daniels, one for Nussmeyer, I don't think that that was just some ploy to to keep Nussmeyer from entering the transfer portal. I think it was something that, you know, I think they saw against Georgia. Okay, this kid can come in. This kid can make some plays against a good team. Let's let's give him a chance. And when you look at the results that you saw from the Citrus Bowl against Purdue, I mean, that looked pretty damn good. You know, it looked pretty good with what they were working with. And so I think that, you know, I think that the mindset is probably that you're going to see that to start the season. You're going to see that in the during this season, that that's going to be something that, uh, you know, we've seen Brian Kelly uh, do that at Notre Dame. He was known for having a quick trigger with uh, quarterbacks, you know, for having to, you know, for using two quarterbacks at a time. So, uh, you know, I think everything is setting up to where, as long as they do keep Nussmeyer involved, as long as they keep him to where, you know, he feels like he's going to get a legitimate chance to go out, to get snaps, to make plays, to where when he starts thinking about that NFL picture in the back of his mind, okay, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to do enough in 2023, come back in in 2024, his fourth year in the program, and then have, an, have enough of a sample to where he feels good about his future. And, you know, I I think that I know that there's a lot of skeptics out there that just are waiting, you know, that just, man, when that May 1st window gets here, you know, Nussmeyer, and and don't get me wrong, you know, that's going to be 15 days that we're waking up texting Chris Hummer like, yo, dude, anything, anything. But, um, you know, I, I think that, I think that if they, if they stick to their plan that they had, if they, 
do what they did last spring. And if the plan continues to where you see Daniels and Nussmar both involved, like we saw against Purdue, then, um, you know, I, I think that the juggling act, while it still needs to be done, but I think it will be a lot more manageable than it could be. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think kind of just bouncing off of that, you know, like Sonny said, you're only really managing two guys this year mm-hmm. instead of four. I mean, Walker Howard came in last year with such high expectations that there were some folks that thought he should have gotten some some high valuable reps last year. Um, but, you know, you, you add Ricky Collins into this mix this year. I think you can certainly take that Howard approach with him and building him along slowly this spring. Um, and it's going to be important, I think, for Nussmeyer to get a lot of those reps with some of those younger guys that are going to be on this team next year, you know, the, the, the Kyle, you know, the Kyle Parkers of the world, the, the Browns of the world. And um, just a couple of those players that you could see being back next year when he is the guy, I mean, like they're, they, they want to start building that chemistry now with those players. Um, and, and Nussmeyer is a guy that if you talk to any receiver in that room, um, even dating back to last year, they love what he does for, for, for wide receivers. He, he's not afraid to let it go. He's going to give them opportunities to make 50-50 catches. Um, that's par- probably the one part of Daniel's game that he just wasn't completely comfortable trusting himself with in his first year in the SEC last year. Um, that's what you hope that he builds and grows on the most this offseason with another you know full year with these guys to really build that trust and chemistry. Um, but But – Nussmeyer is not afraid to do that. And I think that's probably where you see him come into some of these games next year. Um, You know, when they really need to push the ball downfield, when they really feel like there's, you know, an opportunity to get some scores uh, in in the middle parts of the game. I I just think Nussmeyer is going to be a great balance for this offense. Um, And the fact that, you know, Sonny alluded to it, that they did it for two games. I know the first time it was because of Daniel's injury in the SEC championship game, but, there's a blueprint there, I think, to incorporate both of those guys into the offense. I think the coaching staff recognizes it, and it's just going to be about how much do they incorporate Nussmeyer into it and how much do they lean on Daniels. And I think it's going to be uh, part of the, the process this spring and figuring out that balance. Yeah, and I think and one, one of the things thing, that I'm I excited about – Go ahead. I want to piggyback off of uh, something Glenn said. Could you imagine the fan base if they come out against Florida State and you do that, you see that same scenario where Daniels gets the first two drives. Yeah. Nussmeyer gets the, you know, Nussmeyer gets the third one. Oh, she doesn't get anything on the first two, or they get a field goal on the first two drives. Nussmeyer comes in, you go down the field, and then Daniels comes back out because that's the pre design of it all. Could you imagine the board <laughs> uproar that day? Oh, man. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. And uh, oh, something man. that I think everybody should be rooting for on this podcast. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, it reminds you a little bit of the Jefferson Lee era, except I think mm. you've got two extremely competent quarterbacks as opposed to two guys that are kind of yeah. up in the air about what you're going to get from them. So I think it's a really good problem to have if they figure it out this spring and this offseason. Yeah, and you guys were talking about the Purdue game. I mean, I think I'm excited to see what this looks like, whatever the formula they want to go with, with more than just one month of preparation. And obviously knowing Daniels had been banged up in that SEC title game a little bit, what was he going to look like uh, in that Citrus Bowl? But, uh, yeah, that that would be interesting to, to watch. Real quickly, I want to go back down to Ricky Collins. 
Sonny, I was watching some of his film. I know that you obviously and, and Dylan did some stuff with him past uh, this past fall watching and going out to his games. Uh, specifically with Collins, I mean, I, I like what you said about he's walking into a situation where, look, you always want to expect to compete, and you want your younger guys to want to come in and compete, but I think he has a good understanding. But this kid's still really raw, in my opinion, and also he played behind an offensive line that I think, uh, you know, anyone who watched uh, his games, they would say a lot of times he was having to run for his life. He was try having to create plays. You know, what's the expectation of the staff necessarily for him to come in and compete uh, just just in general? I mean, is there still things he needs to polish up part of his game? Maybe what are some of those things? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Well, you know, one thing that the quarterbacks haven't been, uh, you know, they Brian Kelly is big on uh, the month of January and February of the quarterbacks really not throwing much, resting their shoulders, resting their arms and things like that. But in the, you know, in the early spring workouts, team workouts, the conditioning, lifting weights and things of that nature, uh, man, they say Ricky Collins is just, you know, he's a hard worker, that he's out there just grinding like a sponge, just wanting to soak up everything that he can. And that you can tell that that him coming in, that Walker Howard leaving, you know, that him coming in, that it kind of stepped up, steps up his, uh, his preparation a little mm-hmm. bit, amps it up a little bit more. Because, uh, you know, I kind of caught myself when I said that, you know, he should, you know, coming in, he should be, shouldn't be worried about, a, you know, a, a, everybody getting a third of the reps. You know, a 40-40-20 split would probably be, you know, something that, you know, he should be happy for. But then on the flip side, and I started thinking about that, I was like, but you know what? I said, you, you, you really kind of almost have to prepare him this spring to where he's only one step away from being that number two guy. One injury. Yeah, one injury. One injury. One injury and one transfer away, one transfer. you know, because you're going to always have that, you know, is Garrett Nussmeyer going to, you know, or, you know, is someone going to woo him away? Is someone going to pull him away? Uh, you know, with that May 1st to May 15th window, uh, you know, of course, NIL, you always think about that. And, and in these days and age, who the hell knows what's what could happen. But, you know, when I when I started thinking about that, I was like, yeah, you kind of probably want to go ahead and give Collins a few more reps, give mm-hmm. him a little more opportunities to where, you know, maybe you do slice it right down and, and each one of them gets, a, you know, gets a third. But, you know, as far as him as a player, I, I you know, I don't think that – and we saw this from Walker Howard, and we saw how highly rated Walker Howard was. Every time Walker Howard got in the game this year, I mean, he, he looked – you know, he did not look like uh, like you would expect 
a true freshman of his recruiting ranking to look like. And that's not a knock on him. That's just, uh, you know, that's just the, the basis of, you know, of where quarterback development is and how crucial it is and how sometimes it takes a little bit longer for kids to kind of get acclimated to the college level. But, you know, I think with Ricky Collins coming in, I think you're going to see them, you know, them kind of look at look at him more as that athletic quarterback as opposed to a quarterback who is athletic early on, just because it's going to be a lot easier. We saw with Jaden Daniels, it's a lot easier for him to use the things mm-hmm. that, that can kind of fall back on him that he doesn't have to think about as much using his legs, using his feet. When we get to see him in the spring game, uh, this spring and stuff, I imagine we'll see him running, running a good bit, not only because probably the, you know, the second, the third and second offensive line, will be getting used by the defensive line, but also because, you know, when things start to break down, his clock is going to be faster. It's going to be sped up. And so, um, you know, that would be the things that I think this spring will be the biggest, uh, I guess the biggest uh, milestone that he could scratch off of his list will be slowing everything down, just slowing the game down because, for me, that was probably the thing that when we saw Walker Howard early in the season, it looked like the game was just moving 125 miles an hour for him. When we saw him against Purdue in the Citrus Bowl, it still looked like the game was just moving so fast for him. You know, his head's just so, you know, just on a swivel, but, I mean, going back and forth to where it looked like the Energizer Bunny, you know, and you could just see the eyes and you could just see the nerves and the uneasiness and stuff and so i think that'd be the biggest thing with collins is can you get that game slowed down for him some some of that's experience and then also some of that is just is the familiarity and the comfort with the playbook and knowing where the people surrounding you are also as as opposed to just what you should do obviously you talked about that may transfer window and fans are gonna be sitting on pins and needles and we'll be texting chris hummer wondering what's going on but kind of wanted to get this as we kind of look ahead obviously a lot of folks have been concerned about, you know, uh, is Jane Daniels going to improve as a passer? How does that match up in an offense uh, with, you know, with Nussmeyer, who obviously relies more on his arm talent and his arm strength? And so I want to pose this to both of you. Glenn, you can go first. I mean, what does the marriage of this scheme look like? Do they have to change a lot of things from last season? Or is this something where if Daniels takes that step, maybe it's just a natural progression to where both of these guys' skill sets can be match and you don't have to drastically change if they do you know two series here two series here something like that yeah that's that's a heavy question i i don't know how much you have to change the offense because um daniels is just so unique um with the way that he plays um you know you could really tell in the middle of last year they kind of found that groove of what it what he's going to be like if at his peak i think um you know that that middle stretch there where they beat bama and florida and uh, Ole Miss, I think that was probably his best stretch of the season. Um, and he was relying heavily on his legs then, too. Um, but what you saw was him also pulling back and, you know, not jumping the gun at, at you know, at, you know, in terms of breaking the line of scrimmage every time something breaks down. He would, you know, extend plays and, you know, make throws and, and, and I think had a nice balance there with his game. Um but, you know, I, I, I mean, it's, it's just so hard because it's recency bias, right? It's what you saw mm-hmm. the last two games of the season with Nussmeyer in there. 
I, I just think he he showed you a lot of improvement from that first time we saw him last year. I mean, in that game against Southern, you could tell he was trying to do a little bit too much. He you know, was just trying to prove himself and prove that he could be a part of this offense moving forward. And he really struggled in that Southern game with, you know, decision-making and with the turnovers. Um, that wasn't the case in the SEC championship game and in the Purdue game as well. He, you know, he had a couple throws, I think, that or maybe one throw that was picked off in the championship game. And that was just trying to do, you know, anything you could to get back in the game. But he was also a big reason why LSU made it a little bit uncomfortable in the second half uh, for, for Georgia. And um, they really kind of cut that lead down to, I think, 10 or 11 points. And it was a lot in large part because of Nussmeyer's mentality to just sling it and, and, and put the ball in a place where his receivers could go and get it. So I think you have to incorporate some of that with the offense this year. And if Jaden doesn't show you that this spring, that he's ready to take on more of that kind of role, um, that's where Nussmeyer, in my mind, just immediately can slip in and take over for a series or two, um, you know, in, in a game, in a, in a crunch time situation, if you really need to get the ball downfield. I mean, it's just it just really shout it just screams at you when watching the film just how, uh, you know, he, he just he's just so uh, <laughs> trying to think of the word, but he's so definitive in what he wants to do uh, when he's out there with the ball and pushing it downfield. That's something you have to have as a part of this offense next year with so many guys who who can go up and make plays for you. So I'm going to be really interested to see how that plays out this spring. Sonny, any thoughts on that? What is the marriage maybe of this offense need to look like with the two guys that bring different, you know, skill sets to the table. But if that gap closes, maybe there's not as a big of an issue with it. Yeah, I don't think – I'm not I – don't, I don't think it's going to be a big issue at all. You know, I think if you had – you know, if you were talking, okay, Jaden Daniels and Miles Brennan, you know, a 2-1, a 2-1 situation like that, you know, or uh, – I don't know, uh, Zach Mettenberger and, um, you know, Herb Tyler, you know, that type of thing, you know, a couple of names blasting from the past uh, for you there, Bryce. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be tough at all. I really don't. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason is, you know, Nussmeyer's not the dynamic runner that Daniels is, but Nussmeyer's got some ability. He's got some movement skills. He can extend plays. He can move around in the backfield. And he can still run the zone read. You know, they can still – they can still incorporate – their ba- the base of their running game, whether it's Nussmeyer or whether it's Daniels. Now, as far as the passing skill, the passing side of it, if Daniels doesn't push the ball down the field like Nussmeyer does, well, then that's going to show up on tape. And when that starts showing up on tape, then that's when the coaches have to make the decision of, okay, you know, what do we want to do from that point on, you know? Because, yeah. you know, and I think that that's, that that's really a benefit to the staff because you're not having to change the offense. You're not having a, you know, one system for this guy, one system for this guy. It's you're running the same system. Everybody's running the same system. So you have apples to apples that you're comparing to, mm. you know, who you make this read right here. How would you make that read? Well, Daniels can't say, well, coach, you never call that play for me, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? And so I, I, th- I think it's a very I think it's very easy to make, you know, for those to. And I also think that that's why you saw them click so well in the Citrus Bowl against Purdue with all like Glenn pointed out, only a month to really prepare for something like that. You give them all, all you give them all, you know, you give them the first two months that you've already given them of the spring 
rest of the spring and summer to come in and and, and just evolve that evolve that into more and uh you know i i think it really sets up very nicely and really very easily for sloan and dembrock to manage yeah it's gonna be interesting to watch i think and we said it earlier i mean with more time to prepare, more time to, you know, study the field, what these guys did last year, not only in practice, but in that Citrus Bowl and say, hey, this is the best product we can put out there. Uh, let's wrap it up with this question right here. And I think this is one of a lot of fans are debating on social media and our boards. And Sonny, we'll start with you. We'll go to Glenn. Can LSU get back to Atlanta with either guy? You know, does it, does it matter to you which guy? Can they still get back to Atlanta in your opinion? No, I don't think yeah. – for me, for me, whether it's Jaden Daniels or whether it's Garrett Nussmar, you know, my my projection, my projections or you know predictions, forecasts for this team doesn't really change. Hmm. You know, I, it doesn't. Um, I think LSU has way too many pieces returning. I think each quarterback has a dynamic uh, has a dynamic trait about them that can you know that can make this offense move and um no i don't you know whether it's daniels or whether it's nussmar you know i'm still thinking that this is a you know this is a team that that should have a good chance of reaching 10 wins if they can get by florida state in that opener um and then from there you know if if they do that um you know then it all boils down to okay you know who do you lose to in the sec when do you lose to them? You know, how does that play into you getting back? But, um, you know, this team, you know, this team was uh, this team was on the verge of 11 wins already this year. And so, uh, you know, I think that when you look at next year, I think that, you know, I, I don't think that you should see any step back. You should only see hmm. step forward. Yeah, Glenn, no, what about I, you? I'm, I'm right there with him. I mean, I think, you know, Look, whether you lean heavily on Daniels, you lean heavily on Nussmeyer, this is a team that I think you can absolutely get back to an SEC championship because they have just they have a lot of continuity returning on offense. And I know that, you know, defensively there are gonna be some question marks on who fills in where. Matt House has proven in one year that you're that he's capable of, you know, mixing and matching guys that are new to the program and not having a big drop off defensively. I think they were uh, pretty consistently on that end of the ball, uh, you know, pr- pretty good at that last year. Offensively is where I think this team makes the biggest jump, not only because of the quarterback play, not only because of the continuity, but the growth of the offensive line. You would expect those guys to really come together chemistry-wise. And then it's just about, you know, figuring out the balance between Nussmeyer and Daniels. I think that's going to be the biggest piece of this offense this this you know, this spring and into this offseason um, because both can – can lead this team, I think, to a to a to an SEC championship appearance. I think they've proven that last year with the way that Daniels played, and certainly when Nussmeyer stepped in in the latter part of the season, you know he can continue and, and push the ball downfield when he needs to. Um, I, I really like where this where this offense and how it's set up uh, to have success next year. Um, and it's just like Sonny said, it's going to be on the coaching staff to figure out just how to incorporate both of those guys. And you got to get through this next, you know, this next deadline, this next transfer portal deadline after spring. Going to be a lot of sleepless nights, I think, for for LSU fans if, you know, if things start turning the other way. But uh, definitely I think this is a team that can carry those two into next season and feel really good about their chances of getting back to, to Atlanta. Well, there you go right there, quarterback. Got to give kudos to my boy G Dub for mentioning the offensive line. Twenty-five yeah. minutes in, 
because I wanted to mention that at the very beginning when you <laughs> said the most talked about, and I'm already tired of talking about the quarterbacks. You uh-huh. know, everybody wants to talk about the quarterback. Let's talk about who's the right tackle. Yeah. Who's going to be mm-hmm. the right tackle on the offensive line? Is it going to be Emory Jones? Do they move Miles Frazier? Do they move Jones inside? You know, do they start that this this spring to make room for Zay Lance Hurd? You know, so that that's what I want to talk about. So, Glenn, that's the preview. Call me when you get that one done for the next pod. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll incorporate Sonny into that one for sure. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Lots of O-line thoughts. All O-line talk. It's, it's going to be an interesting spring. Obviously, we talked about we haven't gotten to defense yet, but that's going to be where a lot of uh, the questions may be and heading into spring practice. Maybe we see some of those things answered. Hi, this is the Good Go 24-7 podcast. Sonny Ship, Glenn West. My name is Bryce Coon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're listening, wherever you may be, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your audio podcasts, make sure to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And if you're watching on, over on YouTube, Hit that subscribe button, completely free to do that, and hit the like button. And let us know down below, what do you think of the quarterback competition? And if you have not yet, make sure to head over to Go 24-7, subscribe. We've got some great content coming out. We had a fun weekend up in in Atlanta uh, at the Under Armour Next Atlanta camp, talking to a lot of commits. we got interviews coming out all this week regarding that. And then spring practice right around the corner. And baseball's got a really big game tonight. Looking really good coming off of a uh, nice little weekend tournament. They're going to be playing Texas tonight, and we'll have that coverage as well continuing throughout the season. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us. We will talk once again. We'll move over to defense next time we meet here on the Go 24-7 podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts